You're listening to Shalise's Podcast. Hey, you guys. Welcome, welcome. I'm glad you're here for this episode of the podcast. I am excited about this topic. It's a topic that I've been thinking about for a bit because I'm going to be teaching it, actually, at an upcoming Uh, summit that we're going to be doing for some of my students. And I'll tell you, when I think about, (laughs) uh, I don't know, some of the most important messages, I guess, that I want to convey to people, I mean, obviously the gospel, understanding the gospel from a finished works perspective, understanding your union with Jesus and your union with God and how the gospel is a message about our union and how that changes everything about our life, how that changes everything about what it means to be a Christian and how we approach, you know, even Christian disciplines like prayer and giving and just, it, it just such a foundational message that I, I obviously talk about all the time is our union with God and the gospel. But Closely behind that would be this topic. And I'm going to kick it off with a scripture that really has affected me over the years. It's one of those scriptures that, I don't know, keep me centered on what actually is important. Uh, If you have read my book, The Path, you know, journey with God and live your purpose, or you're a part of the, you know, my path to purpose group on Facebook, you know that being a purpose-driven person is obviously (laughs) a huge thing to me. And helping people become purpose-centered and purpose-driven is a huge part of my assignment uh, here on planet Earth. And so this message goes right along with this topic. But this scripture, when I came across it years ago, uh, it really affected me. And so I'm going to be, the title of today's podcast is going to be called Eternal Success or, you know, what is eternal success or how to, you know, achieving eternal success, something along those lines. But I want to read this scripture to you in John 17, 3. Here's what it says. This is Jesus talking. I'm sorry, 17, 4. This is Jesus talking. Uh, This is uh, really an awesome, John 17 is probably one of my favorite chapters in the book of John, in the Gospels for sure, maybe even in the whole New Testament, because it is the record of Jesus Jesus is really his last prayer before he went to the cross. And there's just so much glory and so much goodness in this prayer uh, because it reveals, I think, so much about just a, a different perspective to what life is and what it's meant to be. And so let me read the scripture and I'm going to jump off. It's John 17, 4. Jesus says this. I'm in the amplified version. He says, I have glorified you, talking to the Father, down here on earth, 
by completing the work that you gave me to do. I'm going to just read it again because it's, I want it to sink in. I have glorified you down here on earth by completing the work that you gave me to do. If I, you know, go back up to, you know, the first verse in this chapter, verse seven, in chapter 17, verse one, it says, when Jesus had spoken these things, he raised his eyes to heaven in prayer and said, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your son so that your son may glorify you. So I want to stop here and just talk about this word glorifying. And I want to talk about really taking on an eternal perspective for your life. So this word to glorify, I want you to think about it from... If I had the, and let's, if I had this, I do, it is in verse 6. I'm going to read this because I feel like it's a, a way to think about what it means to glorify. In verse 6, Jesus says, I have manifested your name and revealed your very self, your real self to the people you've given me out of the world. They were yours and you gave them to me and they have kept and obeyed your word. So this part in the Amplified Bible that says, this verse here that says, I have manifested your name, and then it amplifies it by saying, and revealed your very self, your real self. To me, manifesting who God is is probably the best description and definition of the word glorify that I've ever really been able to articulate. To me, to glorify God is to reveal his nature. It is to reveal who he is. It is to manifest, if you will, his goodness, his character, who he himself claims to be. And so when Jesus says, I have glorified you down here on earth by completing the work that you gave me to do, Jesus is saying here, I've come to the end of my life. I'm about to go to the cross. And I have not only completed the work that you gave me to do, but the work that you gave me to do was a way that you called me to glorify you. And I think sometimes as believers, it's very common, I think, for, especially now with all of the things going on with the pandemic and COVID and the elections and everything, it's really easy to get so temporally minded. It's easy to get so caught up in things that are going on in the world and the circumstances and You know, it's just, you can completely lose sight of the reality that not only are you and I here for a specific purpose, that God has created us for specific work, that he has given us assignments, and there's a call on our life, but that is an eternally important thing. 
it's it's way more important in the you know big scheme of things than you know what's going on in the world <laughs> things that are going on that are outside of our control there's a, a really powerful scripture in Ephesians that so- talks about and I, I read this one a lot uh, Ephesians 2 10 that says uh, in the amplified version I read it and I'm just going to paraphrase it a little bit here but it says that um, we are his workmanship we are his masterpiece it says in other translations uh, we are his work of art I think we uh, the, the passion says we are his poetry and then, and then it goes on to say, recreated in Christ for good works. And I think it's really easy sometimes to think that success in life is something other than finishing the work that God has ordained for you to do. And... I remember getting a really clear picture of eternity, honestly, when my mother passed. Uh, when my mother passed, it was, uh, you know, it was a very quick kind of thing. The diagnosis of her having cancer and her passing away was literally like 30 days. It was very, very fast. And as devastating as a loss like that is, I was, I was also during that time probably given one of the most powerful revelations that I've ever been given from the father and the revelation you can it it really does have to be a revelation but I want to say this that when you get this revelation you can never look at time the same And, and the revelation is just simply that our time here on earth is very, very short. I know it doesn't always seem short. <laughs> In fact, depending on how old your kids are, it can seem like it lasts forever, right? Especially if you've got newborns and you can't sleep. I mean, the, anyway, bottom line is, you know, time is a, is a subjective experience. But it was during the passing of my mom, and also I can tell you during the only other real, I guess, you know, close tragedy like that that I've experienced is when I was having I had you know several miscarriages and but I each one of those losses carried with it and I say losses but it's only a loss truthfully when you don't have an eternal perspective because when you have an eternal perspective and a revelation of it what you start to realize is that Time is not only so short and precious, but that there is a purpose that God has for us during our time, during the short amount of time that we're here on the planet. And never before really, during the times of those losses, was I more aware that eternity is a very, very long time and that I was going to enjoy eternity with my mother. I was going to enjoy eternity with uh, the babies that I never got to meet. And that 
compared to that length of time that the time here was very, very short. And again, it really is a, a revelation when that starts to hit you. There's a, you know, a, a scripture that talks that, you know, a day with the Lord is like a thousand years and a thousand years like a day. I don't think that that, we, that scripture really hits you because, I mean, what do you mean a day is like a thousand years? <laughs> and a, we don't even have a concept for a thousand years. So there is a perception of time and eternity, and there's a perception of time here on earth that we really are deceived about. I don't know how to say it in a, um, I think I just need to say it that direct, that, that we are, time is, is, is a, in a sense, is a deception. In one sense, we go through our lives like we have all the time in the world. <laughs> and then another sense, we, we act like, you know, eternity is not real, and this is the real place. And so we... We just lose something when we don't connect that it matters. It matters what we do with our life. Like if God went so far as to plan good works for us, and if Jesus said himself (laughs) that the way he glorified God was finishing his assignment, I mean, we have an assignment. We have a purpose. We have a reason to be here. And that reason is to glorify God. And glorifying God is a revealing of God. The work that God's given you and I to do (laughs) glorifies the goodness of God. It glorifies the finished works of Jesus. It is a manifestation of the character of God. And it is strategic, and it is needed. And if nothing else, it was God's plan. And if God planned good works for us, and he planned for us to have work that we are here to do, well, it's also a deception to think that it doesn't matter. And the thing that is probably most frustrating to me as a life purpose coach and someone, you know, apostolically who helps launches people into their purpose is just the amount of programming that has been indoctrinated into us really from a very young age. You know, we don't have a purpose-centered education system. We have a job-centered education system. And yes, of course, people, you know, fall into, you know, their purpose. They fall into the things that they're passionate about. And I mean, when I say fall into it, I mean, for the most part, I mean, it, it's, it's, it's an exception to the rule that people are really doing the work that they're here on the planet to do, that they're, they're doing their life's true work. In fact, I, the statistics that I've had got a hold of from various places say that 95% of people who are alive on the planet today are not, cannot clearly articulate their purpose. And I can tell you this, after talking to, you know, at this point, thousands of people, there is a deep sense within a lot of us that will only be fulfilled through partnering with the Father and discovering that work and doing that work. 
you know, when I read the Gospels, I like to read them occasionally through the lens of Jesus' union with the Father and how Jesus was constantly talking about the Father doing the work. And I mean, when you just think about the Father's work and you think about what does that mean? You know, I mean, even in the temple, when Jesus was 12 years old, remember he got left there because his parents <laughs> didn't realize that he wasn't with the caravan. And then his parents come back and they're just like, we were looking for you. And I'm paraphrasing, but Jesus is like, he's 12 years old. I must be about my father's business. You know, a 12 year old connected with the call of God on his life. The, 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 I mean, yes, he's the son of God. Yes, he's going to the cross. Yes, but he was still a man anointed by the Holy Spirit. Acts 10, 38 says that, you know, how Jesus Christ was anointed by the Holy Spirit and went power. It went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil. I mean, Jesus was anointed by the Holy Spirit when he was baptized in the River Jordan. But he he was connected with his purpose. He was connected with what he was here to do. He was connected with the work in the father's business that he was to do when he was 12 years old. But yet, I mean, 95% of adults aren't connected with that. Why is that important? It's important because one of these days, it's going to matter. <laughs> it's going to matter when you get to the end of your life. You don't want to get to the end of your life. In fact, this was probably one of the biggest fears that I had before I discovered my own life purpose, is that I would get to the end of my life not knowing the reason for my life. That I would get to the end of my life and somehow there would be a, a whole other life that had been planned out for me that I missed. And part of that journey is... Like Jesus' journey, we have to come to the place of being fully established in who God says that we are. And when I say that, I don't just mean who we are in Christ, which, hallelujah, that is the foundation. We have to know that through our union with Jesus, that Christ in us is the hope of glory, that we are, we are the temple of the Holy Spirit, that the same Jesus that I mean, the same spirit that raised up Jesus from the dead dwells in us, that we've been joined to the Lord and we are one spirit with him, that we live and move and have our being inside of God, and that when we abide in Christ and when we abide in the vine, that we produce the fruit of the kingdom. We produce the fruit of God's character. I mean, so our union with God and who we are, think about it, in Christ, our identity in Christ is absolutely imperative if we are going to do the work that God has created us to do. Why? Because they're supernatural works. It's not, we aren't doing human good deeds. We're doing, we're, we're partnering with the Father, abiding in the vine, and the Father in us is doing the work just like Jesus. So understanding that is imperative if we are going to finish the work that God's given us to do. But more than that, not more, as equally important is understanding who you are in the body of Christ. What is the specific gift that you are? What, 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 what is the specific uh, things that God has put inside of you? You know, what are you anointed to do? Not just what are you 
capable of doing, but what are you truly anointed to do? Are you anointed as a writer? Are you anointed as a, as a nurse? Are you anointed to serve in what capacity? And, you know, when, when something is anointed, and you know this just listening to music. I mean, when, the, when there's anointed music versus just, like, excellent music, there's a difference. You know, anointed work, supernatural work, the good works that, that the Father created for you and I to do, these are exploits. These are things that glorify the Father. These are things that we do in partnership with the, the Father through the anointing of the Holy Spirit. And I will tell you, when you are in that place, doing that work that you are anointed to do, it is like breathing. Now, I, I'll say that, you know, sometimes it doesn't always feel like that at first. I mean, heck, put a microphone in my hand, I can get up and talk anywhere. I'm anointed to talk. I'm anointed to do these podcasts. There's an anointing on the podcast. I mean, the Holy Spirit's talking while I'm talking. I mean, there is a presence of God on these things. How do I know it? We get the testimonies all the time about the things that God is doing to people. I mean, there's an anointing on my school. I'm an anointed to teach the word of God. I'm anointed to, to help people get into purpose. I mean, the works that I'm doing, I'm not just doing these out of human effort. You know, but, but I also said that, you know, a part of that is, was that always the case? I mean, gosh, my first speech class I ever went to in college, I was terrified. I remember when I first started, you know, first sermons I ever put together, I prayed in tongues and interpreted that because I didn't know what to say. So it's not that you don't have to develop in your gifting. I mean, Jesus taught the disciples how to heal the sick through practice. He sent them out, he showed them how to do it, and then he did it. So it's not that you aren't developing the things that you're anointed to do. There's just a different flow. <laughs> it's a different flow when there's an anointing on your life to do something, when there's an empowerment from the Holy Spirit to do something, when the Father is partnering in that process. I mean, I'm thinking about one of my graduates right now who's writing a book and I mean, she has had so much internal resistance around that, thinking, oh, gosh, can I really do this? I've never done this before. Who am I to write a book? I mean, all the things that your mind says. And it's been so amazing to watch how Jesus just constantly is telling her, let me do it. Just sit down. Let me. It's almost like she's taking it. Not almost. She finished the book now. And, and it was like taking dictation. It's something that flow, it was flowing through her. It was an inspired book. It was a, a book that she wrote with God. And so partnering with God and doing those works are, that is the definition of eternal success. It's finding that place of grace and that place of anointing and then applying that to the vision that God has for your life or the plan that God has for your life. And there is something <laughs> to experience it's just something to experience. I don't know. I don't know how to describe it. But and you know this, if if you because most of us have had glimpses of that thing. It's a place where there's there's favor. There's a place where there's an ease. There's a place where there's just you know what else to call it flow. I'm thinking of another student that just talks about like just lo loses time when they're creating music loses time when they're doing those things. And, and that's what it feels like. Now, does that mean that if there's no challenges, there's no obstacles? Of course there is. Of course there is. I mean, you look at anyone in scripture 
that answered the call of God on their life. And it's just a process that they go through, right? It's just victory after victory, overcoming this, overcoming that. I mean, David, right? I mean, so many things that he had to walk through to reach the fullness of who God had created him to be. And most of those things that we walk through, by the way, are are just about the testing of our identity. I mean, even Jesus had to go through that process. I mean, he got baptized in the River Jordan, came up out of the water. The Holy Spirit has descended. The Father speaks out, you're my beloved son. And immediately the Holy Spirit took, led him into the wilderness. What was the wilderness? The wilderness was a time of accusation. It was a time of, of testing. Testing what? Testing his identity. Testing his dependency upon God. Testing, was he in agreement? You know, I mean, the the enemy was trying to get him to prove, prove it, you know, but Jesus was established. He was established. He was dependent upon the father and he didn't speak. He just kept speaking scripture. It is written. It is written. It is written. And then he just took authority over the enemy and said, get behind me. You know, I mean, he was, there was a, he walked through that time of identity testing completely victorious. And what's so interesting about that is that, you know, his baptism was his kind of coming out, if you will, because it was, it was then that he was released into his ministry. So for 33 years, Jesus was being prepared for that. We, how do I know? Because he passed the test. But let me say this. He also didn't do it except in the power of the Holy Spirit. And here's what I want to say about that. I mean, that, that place of, of your identity being forged and your identity, you coming into full agreement with it is so important because the person that you have to be in order to do the works <laughs> that you're created to do cannot be incongruent because you're ultimately the work (laughs) that you're called to do is really a manifestation of you. It's a manifestation of the Christ in you. And so that identity piece of it is so, so very important. You know, if you try to fulfill the call of God on your life without the identity to support it, which, again, is dependent fully on the Father and flowing as a son in the power of the Spirit, then, you know, it it just becomes impossible. But when that identity has been solidified and you know who you are and it's been tested and you, you've come out on the other side of those identity tests fully persuaded, fully persuaded that you are who God says you are, then the manifestation of the work is simply a byproduct of that. So why am I saying this today? Why did I, why was this on my heart today? Well, you know, one, I'm preparing for an upcoming event, but two, because it's so easy to get distracted, especially in 2020, like at the end of the year. I mean, I know that the, there are some real things going on 
there's real problems. People are experiencing real challenges. There's obstacles. Life has changed. I mean, I get so annoyed every time I see something that, you know, talks about our new normal. You know, I, I just refuse to accept this as a new normal. But maybe, you know, regardless if it's a new normal or not, what does that have to do with the work that God has called me to do? I mean, this is, 2020 was not a surprise to God. It might have been a surprise to you and me, but it was not a surprise to God. He, he's got that in the plan. And he has equipped you and I to be prosperous in our purpose, regardless of what is going on in the world. Why? Because we are called to live independent of the world. We are not of this world. We've not been given the spirit of this world. We aren't subject to this world. We are citizens of heaven. I remember when the, you know, right when coronavirus was coming out, I mean, I just, I instantly, I mean, maybe like a day into it, wrote a one-page declaration about how my family was going to go through this pandemic, about how, how my ministry and my business was going to go through this pandemic. And here's what I know. I know that prosperity in the kingdom is not tied to the world's economy, that prosperity in the kingdom is tied to what Jesus has accomplished on the cross and that there is always an opportunity. You know, for, for every person that isn't prospering in this pandemic, there's a bunch more that are. I mean, I remember one of my favorite, <laughs> this is a kind of an interesting story, but I loved this story. It stuck with me. And it was the story of a stock investor who just cultivated the ability to hear God. And he was an anointed stock investor. And the story goes that he would go into his closet and, and he would pray. Now, people would tell him, look, you don't have to go into the literal closet to go pray, but he liked to go pray in the closet. And he would basically sit in the closet with a particular investment or with a particular opportunity until he heard from God, until he had a clear yes or a clear no. And if you know anything about the stock market, you, there's money to be made whether things going up or going down. I mean, I'm not a big stock investor, but the bottom line was is this man prospered. He prospered in famine. He prospered in, in bull markets. I mean, he, he prospered. Why? Because he heard God, and he was in that place of anointing. You know, another one, George Washington Carver, who's one of my favorite um, historical figures, right? I mean, he cultivated intimacy with God and hearing God to such a degree that he invented hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of inventions through intimacy with God, through hearing God. He said God taught him how to take the peanut apart and put it back together. And he created all of these products, paint, and I don't even know all the things. You can go look him up, George Washington Carver. And he invented all of these things because he cultivated hearing the voice of God. And what I'm saying today, I mean, the thing, whether it was the Egyptians coming out of Egypt or it was Elijah being fed by ravens or it was Jesus multiplying bread and feeding the multitude, when you live from another reality and you are doing the work that God has called you to do, that you are on a, a path that is leading to your destiny, 
everything that you need in order to fulfill that destiny has already been provided. God didn't plan a work for you to do and then not, not plan the way for you to do it. So the question is, what am I here to do? What is the work? What is the work that the Father planned for me to do? And to get crystal, crystal clear about it. To, to recognize that you are here to glorify the Father, to reveal who he is. You know, one of my team members and I were having a conversation over lunch about just, just the need for the body of Christ to prosper. Because, you know, the problems that the world faces are the churches to solve. We have access to wisdom. We have access to revelation knowledge. We have access to the mind of Christ. So there is no earthly problem that God doesn't have the solution to. The question is, whose assignment is it? Whose assignment? Who's, who's put on the planet to, to solve that problem? You know, who, who's, who's here to do that? Who's here to, to, you know, feed the nations? Who's here to educate? Who's here? I mean, all of the different problems that you look around and see, but, but instead, I feel like instead of us getting into our lane, and really getting clear and saying yes to the call of God and yes to the work that we're here to do, we just, we just get distracted. We get distracted, distracted by the problems. We get distracted by the situations in the world. And I will tell you that provision comes with purpose. In fact, the word provision means provision, provision. And God is a supernatural provider. He is a supernatural provider. Father. And the Bible is full of story after story after story after story, testimony after testimony of God providing in the midst of famine, in the midst of, of, you know, what they would call it pestilence, in the midst of all kinds of circumstances to fulfill his plans, to fulfill his purpose, to fulfill his vision for the planet. And beloved, I just want to say that each of us has a part to play. We have a corporate vision called make the planet look like heaven. And each of us has a part to play. As we are sons in the father's business, when I say sons, I'm not talking about male or female, but as as sons in the father's business, there is business to accomplish. And it matters. It matters. You fulfilling your purpose matters. If it didn't matter, then why would God even create it? Why would there even be a plan for it? Why have anything without a purpose? Everything, everything you see, just, I mean, just right now, look in your car if you're driving, look around your room if you're at home. Every single thing has a purpose. You know what? If you're, sometimes I listen to podcasts in the shower. If you're in the shower, the faucet has a purpose. The showerhead has a purpose. The water coming down has a purpose. The drain has a purpose. The tile has a purpose. There's not carpet in your shower because carpet has a purpose. So how much more do you as God's masterpiece, do I as, as his work of art have a purpose? And when you think about the potential that is inside of you, being Jesus Christ himself, how, how big is that purpose? How, how important is 
Jesus being able to wear your skin and operate through you and do what he wants to do through your life. Beloved, there are dreams in your heart that were planted by the Father. I love that scripture. I think it's in, um, oh, I have to think about it. I think it's in Lamentations, maybe. It's kind of an obscure scripture. But it talks about how God has planted eternity in our hearts. That there are things in our hearts that are not from this realm. There are dreams and purposes. Oh, it's Ecclesiastes 3.11. Okay. It says he has also set eternity in their heart. Um, but there are dreams, there are things that are in your heart that are not from this realm. They are not of this world. They are seeds of heaven. They are seeds of glorifying the Father. And they were planted in your heart because your heart is designed to manifest things. Your heart is soil. And just like it talks about in Mark chapter 4, I mean, the condition of the soil determines the harvest. And so don't harden your heart to the dreams that God has placed in there. Don't harden your heart to the things that ultimately reveal the character of God, that reveal that he's a generous daddy, that he's, a, he's not a, a sin-focused daddy, that he, he is, uh, desires to bless other people. You know, your dreams, unless they're just really, you know, not of God dreams, they, they serve humanity. They serve others. That's what work is, by the way. Work is serving others with your gifts. And so, beloved, as we wrap up today, I just want to, I want to say that you matter. How you spend your time matters. And you getting clear about the vision that God has for your life is is not just, you know, like, oh, maybe I'm going to get around to that, or maybe I'll figure that out someday. It, it's, it, it's like the most important thing. And it, it's really what we should be helping our kids discover. I mean, if Jesus can be about the father's business when he's 12, well, we have to take it upon ourselves to not only discover this for ourselves, but honestly for our kids' sake. Their purposes matter. What they're here to do matters. And so as I close in prayer today, I just want to, just to encourage you with this also. I just hear the Lord saying this so clearly right now that it's not too late. You know, that is such a worldly mindset. That you're not, we aren't competing against anything. We are Running a race, yes, <laughs> but the race is to finish your course. You have a course. There is a plan. There's a purpose. And it's not too late. Why? Because God is a supernatural God. I mean, he, it's not like he hasn't been in everything that you've been through up to this point. 
You know, it, it's kind of the, the thing that's so powerful, I think, about when I think about God's creative power. You know, when he went out in Genesis chapter 1 and he was creating the world, you know, it was void, it was shapeless, it was dark. And he just said, let there be light. So it's not about where you are. It's not about how shapeless or void or dark your life may be. It's about partnering with God. And wherever you are on your path to purpose, whether that's just, I'm just, I have no idea and I need to discover it or I've discovered it, but I'm on some detour over here. Or I don't know how to get there. I mean, that's not the point. The point is the right perspective the right the right state of mind the right attitude the right view of your purpose and your life and your identity and so it is not too late <laughs> that is just that's just for your purpose it's not too late like you know if you're 60 it might be too late to go be a part of the olympic swim team but guess what God's purpose for you has not been thwarted. Hearing God about what that is and what that looks like from wherever you are in life is the point. Because when you do get to the end of your course and you stand before Jesus, and you know, we all want to hear the words, well done, thy good and faithful servant. It's not going to matter what anyone else on the planet did with their time. What's going to matter is the way you spent yours. And so, Father, I just pray for every person that's listening to the podcast today, Lord, that they would just get a true revelation of the importance of who they are, that they are significant, that their life matters that they are here for a reason, that it's not too late to discover that. That in fact, it's perfect. That right now is the perfect time to rise and shine. Right now is the perfect time to say yes and answer the call of God on their life. That right now is the best time. There's never been a better moment than right now to surrender fully to the work that you've called them to do, to, to let go of their own self-judgments and their own, just even their own understanding and just say yes, just to say yes, just to offer themselves as a living sacrifice and allow you to reveal the plan that you have, the purpose that you have and to show them who they are. So Father, I just thank you that this is This is a strategic opportunity, even today's podcast, and that those that are listening are here by divine appointment, and that, Father, they will receive it. They'll receive it (laughs) with joy and, and return to you a big, fat yes. Just a yes, Father. Have your way. I am yours. Reveal the way, reveal the path, and I will say, let's go. In Jesus' name, amen. 
Thanks for joining you guys. As always, you're amazing. God bless you. Thanks for listening to Shalise's podcast. This recording is, in part, made possible by our listeners. To partner with us, visit shalise.com, where you can donate and help us spread the good news of our unshakable union with Christ around the globe. You can also find a link there to download Shalise's book, The Path, for free. Or you can visit www.thepathfreebook.com. And if you're ready to discover the call of God on your life and the purpose he created you for, then take that first step and contact us by email at infochalice.com to inquire about working with Shalice and enrolling in Emerge School of Transformation. Thanks again for listening. Until next time, don't forget, the world needs the Christ in you.